everybody. Before we dig into today's podcast, I hope everyone is doing well. Artists, photographers, neon makers, vendors, shop owners. If you just love neon and if one day you hope to own your own sign, whoever you are, I hope you're all okay during these trying times. Number two is our merch. If you ever wanted to wear something with the intent to feature neon front and center, it's online. Hit merch on the main nav on the site and so on. And last, text us, 917-565-9616. Love to hear from the community, general thoughts, musings, and or whoever we should have on the show. Whatever it is, hit us up, and here is your podcast. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, neon, helium, xenon, krypton. Transform and roll out. So it's Max at Mondo Neon, and I'm with Maud Betty. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. So Maud Betty is is really uh, the retro roadmap and easily one of the coolest places on the internet. If anybody doesn't know what it is, it's it's largely a group of not only just you know places on the road, um, but it's also many other things too. Uh, I was just kind of taking a look, and one of the things I, I did notice was, you know, there's, there's a whole kind of, uh, I guess, you know, mentality around the roadmap you know it's travel it's places it's a lot of fun and it's also about neon where did where did kind of the roadmap element come from maybe take us back like were you as a kid were you like the person who kind of like go around and find things or or what was it that kind of led you in this direction of kind of uh, exposing all these really cool places around the country Well, it's kind of funny when if you if you want to get back and start as a child, not that we need to go back that far, but but actually, um, my sisters and I joke about the fact that since we never went on vacations as children, we feel like we make up for it in our adult lives. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I really honestly feel like um, my interest in the roadside kind of stems from when I got my driver's license in high school. And I finally had the opportunity, like I was the person behind the wheel who could finally say, no, you know what? I know we've driven past that place a million times, but mom and dad didn't want to stop. So I want to stop at that roadside diner and I want to see what it's about. Or I want to go pull over and check out that, you know, that, um, that shop because it has a cool old neon sign in it and I want to take a picture of it. So um, I have really been doing that kind of what I call like kind of discovering of the cool vintage places. It's just like my one of my favorite things to do. So I've done it for years. Uh, and then with the advent of the internet, I joke to people that the internet was invented simply so I had an easier way of sharing the places that I found with people. Um, but you know, it's like it makes it the barrier to entry to tell people about the places you've discovered, um, it becomes so much easier to get the word out to a large group of people. And especially where, like, you know, we all have our little secret places that we don't want anybody to find out about because we want to keep it to ourselves. You know, it's like if you go thrifting or something. Right. But there are other places that if you only keep it to yourself, then nobody else knows about it, then nobody else can help support it financially. Yeah. And also I think too, it's like in a massively risk oriented world where we're kind of wondering, okay, if I do this then this will happen and everyone's kind of sensitive to what they want to do. And they think that I think they also overvalue their own time. I think that the biggest risk is not going out and traveling and learning from other people and tasting different things. Am I wrong? I mean, I feel like that's the best part of what you do is you, regardless of, you know, what you're into, you, you kind of enter this phase of people's lives. You go into the shops, you, you take trips into the restaurants 
and you sort of, it's all about maximizing your time. At the end of the day, it, largely a lot of those people are not going to know about them. So I feel like you're, you're doing a great service to all those businesses that might not otherwise have the ability or the marketing sense to be able to go out there and kind of win the online co- you know, world, if you will, because it's kind of largely different, right? You know, 30 years ago was much, you know, like you said, what scares most people was just not really knowing what's around the corner. And I feel like the internet's done a good job of exposing that, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's kind of my part, frankly, and I joke that sometimes my husband and I feel a bit like Hansel and Gretel. Well, we'll, you know, I'll clutch his hand and be like, all right, we're going in because you don't know um, some really small like mom and pops. You don't know what it's going to be like when you're going in. But I feel that doing Retro Roadmap has given me the, the responsibility to go in and see what's behind the doors where sometimes for years I would maybe just, uh, you know, um, you know, photograph the the exterior, but really it's going in and making sure that the place is still alive and it's cool and things like that. And yes, I, I agree completely that I love the portion of the process, which is the, the hunting and the discovering. And then I realize when I do that part and then I share it, which I also just love, that that saves people time and they don't have to do that part unless they want to. But then it's like, okay, you know what, I've just saved you all this time so you can go directly to the cool place and you know because I've recommended it and I value, you know, my credibility highly that I don't want to send any place anybody to some place that, you know, that I wouldn't recommend, um, that they can go and know that they're going to have a good time at a place that's on Retro Roadmap or my Instagram page or Facebook or wherever. Yeah, and also too is like just a range of of places that you do end up like tell us a little bit about that i mean it's it's so cool to see you go into sort of like a a vintage retro dining hall like specs collegeville in pennsylvania then you find yourself at kind of a uh, uh like a, a sportsman model camper then the next photo is sort of you at like national ice cream day at like bethlehem pa's the cup it's cool to see you know there, there's kind of like these interesting moments in time i feel like they're simpler times a harken back to a simpler time but also, I think we, as we get further along, we start to remember those places a little bit more, especially if we had like childhood memories. Is there any like particular places that you visit and you're like, wow, I would have totally loved to go here as a kid. It's almost like what you said earlier is like, you know, as you put these things together, it's like those are the places your, your parents wouldn't let you go into for whatever reason. <laughs> right? Yeah. I will say that like, yeah, so we would rarely stop at kind of the tacky roadside places if ever. Um, we rarely ate out as a family. So me, even frankly, as a teen and early, like going out to even go to a restaurant was kind of a big deal. Um, and the fact that there would be, you know, these like tacky roadside stands with the really bad, um, you know, lovely souvenirs. I kind of love stopping at those because they are so just, you know, so colorful and fun and unpretentious maybe. Uh, so I love that. And then as far as the places that I cover in Retro Roadmap, what I've really realized is, so when I do my books, I realize that I've got four categories primarily that I, you know, so it's places to eat, places to shop, places to stay, and then places to like do things. And while I love and I respect so much, and I am indebted to the people that I know that can, can keep themselves like diving deep into a silo of one particular thing and just stay true to focusing on, you know, just diners or just theaters or just signs. I kind of love a little bit of all of it. So I want to share the things that kind of excite me with my, um, with the people who follow me. So you're right. It will be like a vintage 
camper and then it's maybe some you know I just posted yesterday about some dishes that I found that I'm so excited about because it's fiesta wear and it's you know um, so it's it's all in kind of that vintage vibe but it's much more um, broad I'm much more of a generalist than you know kind of a deep dive into a lot of it and what I love the most about all this stuff is all the, the kind of the guide to cool that you do um, it's really kind of these road trip memories down route 66 I also love that you know Charles Phoenix, who I'm in love with. I think he's such a great individual. His work is so fun. Again, I see a lot of parallels, and it's so neat that you guys, you know, got to connect. Um, how has that opened up for you too? Like, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of different people. Did they ever reach out to you? Like, hey, that's an amazing picture. Like, where did you go? And you guys can connect about that because I've seen more and more people kind of come out and really kind of represent retro Americana and also bring it to a new level you know i think there's a lot of kids you know we talk about like a rotary phone or like even just like a regular phone like a dial-up phone and they're just like what you know like largely like what's a record um i think you know just these kind of i think the times that we're in we have so much information we don't have enough we don't have quite enough awareness i guess what i'm saying is like the parallels I've, you know certain somebody say you know never in the moment of time have we had this much information going across you know we're, we're regularly being so um just hit with so many different things right now especially with the world that we're in but relatively speaking information has gotten so large that you can't necessarily consume it all i think at some level the retro american vibe feels very uh familiar but also comforting like at this time there was only you know a handful of things to worry about if you were on the earth i mean there wasn't quite nearly as much complexity around all this technology stuff that we now are are, are in the middle of but you know i still love um, you talk about that a little bit. Do you ever are you able to see the younger generation also go into this and like discover your book or at least acknowledge that hey, this was a really interesting time? Yeah, well, to me, it's really it's really interesting that the fact that the things that appeal to to me um, kind of speak to a certain generation, almost two of them. If I, I always feel like I'm kind of in between two worlds often, and and I get a lot of retro roadmappers, which is you know what I call anybody who you know, watches or, or pays attention to Retro Roadmap, I get people of an older generation that look at my things and they remember experiencing it firsthand. So to them, it is reminiscing to a simpler time. And then on the flip side, as you said, kind of quote unquote, the kids, you know, people that are of a, I would like to, you know, consider myself one of them, but you know, in, in my, in my, uh, you know, in my heart I am, but people who, who never experienced these things, you know, for example, you know, and this is really kids, but you know, I have my niece and nephew visited me and we had a rotary phone. We, we specifically had a rotary phone in our house where I, I showed them how to use it. But, um, you know, the crazy thing is to me is to realize that with each, with each year that passes, the things that are older, like the years catch up. Like I was doing a retro roadmap Facebook live today and I kind of realized as I'm live on camera that I'm like, oh, well that place hasn't been around for that long. It was only around since 1971. And then I do the math and I'm like, holy Moses, that's like, that's gonna be 50 years ago next year. You know? 
So yeah, well, there's a version of everybody's head of what they think this stuff looks like too. And it's great to see you take just normal photos. There's not a lot of, and I do appreciate that the doctoring aspect of it all. It's just go up there and you're like in the moment and you capture it and that's that. I feel like largely uh, you ever go to those vintage stores and you see a catalog or a bucket of old people's photos and you go through and you're like, wow, this place is amazing. This place is so cool. Like there's all these memories of people being in these places, but you don't get to see it all together. And so I feel like there's a little bit of a curator in you that I can kind of tell that like works off of different things that you love. And I feel like that's a, a special place to work from because others, you know, you kind of, you couldn't do all of this. I feel like it's just too monstrous of a, of a project to take on. It almost feels like this is just more fun than the actual work itself. Do I get that feeling? Is that kind of what I get? Well, I think the thing is, is I love the fact that you use, use the word curate because I do love to collect, but I also love to organize. And earlier when you mentioned the fact that we all have such like a broad access to everything immediately, that kind of wide angle lens can be so overwhelming that where I really consider myself is to be a curator and a, you know, a filterer of all the stuff that it's just like, and granted, you know, I myself am the filter. So if people, if people are interested in vintage and retro stuff and they, they like the things that I like, that I will be a good guide for them, you know, so they know that they can trust me that I am going to find the stuff and I'm not going to send them to a dubious place or, you know, a place that looks good on the outside but is kind of scary on the inside or whatever but i do love to kind of curate those things and it's it's tough and especially with when i, I am creating my books i like to i'm an includer not an excluder so i like to include as many places as i can because i see the appeal and i see you know certain aspects of places and yet when I have to kind of cull out, like what, what are the best of the best that I can bring? Um, that can be a challenge, but it also just serves the fact that like my readers can trust me that I'm gonna send them someplace good. Um, because there is, so I mean, anybody could go on the internet and all the places, like I, I did not create these places and they're not hidden. What I do is I find them and I, and I say, I think this is good and this is the reason why. And, um, you know, these are the places basically too that excite me. Like, I'm like, ooh, I would like to go there if I was, you know, creating my, you know, retro road trip to on Route 66. So I pay attention to what speaks to my, you know, internal gut and my heart to say, ooh, I like that. Maybe somebody else would too, you know? And also too, is I think, you know, when I look at a lot of photos, like um, I think of the diner in, uh, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, is just unexpectedly seeing this thing that it almost looks like it was there. I think it was largely being worked on. And so you give, you give a lot of, of people an insider's look into not only the businesses, but also what these companies really represent, these, 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 you know, mom and pop, largely mom and pop businesses, but I should say, you know, people that really love these places. Um, they largely stick around because of the patronship and the people that do represent these places feel so compelled to want to keep them around longer. I think your work is doing largely a, a benefit to those places. Do you ever get to hear back from people that you take, you know, photos of that see them online? Like, oh, that's so great that you now have a photo because largely those, 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 those places that they have, they only have so much time to do that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, do you have any interesting stories about, you know, places that you stopped into that, largely were unaware that this was even a thing that people love to go look at. Well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because I have such a story that I 
I like there's this there's this place and I this is my thing I don't want to keep any of the places to myself because that serves no purpose and I also realize that it's not about me it's about kind of raising the awareness of some of these places to everybody so everybody can appreciate it so in Berwick Pennsylvania there is a little corner restaurant that is literally open from I think 7 a.m. to 11 every day maybe they're closed a couple of days it's called the White Horse and it's in Berwick and I found out about this place because a friend of mine um, parked his vintage car in front of it and he took a picture and while I loved looking at the car I was also very much more interested in the um, you know the facade of this this art deco facade of this place behind it and so I, I asked him where it was and we went up there well long story short is you know I did my part I took my pictures and I ordered my breakfast and I wrote about it on Retro Roadmap and I connected up with the lovely woman who runs it with her mother and her grandmother which just oh my heart was full seeing these ladies do this and it was so unpretentious and unassuming and I did my thing and at the time it was really it was one of those things like if if a place did not have a Google you know if, if Google didn't know about a place or the internet didn't know a place basically didn't exist so when I started Retro Roadmap, one of my goals was was to get some online content out there for these places that I knew existed, but the internet had not caught up. Uh, so you know, I I would put the address there, and I would put a phone number, and I would you know put something on their Yelp page or do something to build the awareness that said, hey, this existed. Well, the neat thing is for me is that I love that place, but I don't go there every week or whatever. I'm lucky if I, I maybe get there once a year. But because of what I wrote, other people who love the roadside and see what I do on Facebook or Instagram then f go out to these places and they take their own photos and then they write about them. And, you know, they may have more followers than I do. And, you know, if I was... If I was greedy and low vibe, I would be like, I found that place. So I can't believe, you know, blah, blah, blah. But instead I say, this is great because like I shared it with them. They are sharing it with their people. And then the more people that are aware of how cool these places are, they may begin to appreciate the ones in their own areas and take pictures of them and then go shop there. And it's kind of a win-win to me. The more people that know, the more people that are kind of hepped to the fact that they are cool places that look cool, that have history, that are worth saving, you raise the awareness that they're worth saving and they may be less likely to be like, oh, well, I never went in there because I was scared because it might be weird because it's not a chain. Um, mm -hmm. so, and largely, um, I think also, too, is like, you know, people can build uh, such an awareness, you know, now with what's going on. I think it's such an interesting time where, you were kind of saying, hey, but the story wasn't necessarily written on the internet. You didn't exist. And that's largely true for most businesses nowadays. So if you do have the opportunity to progress and, and allow them to flourish on the internet, they largely can be a little bit, you know, slightly more successful than they have been before. And that's a realistic way just to look at it. Um, the book, I do want to show the book some love as well. And uh, you've got multiple, is it one book or more than, more than one book at this point? I have, well, I have four books available, but I have five in total at this point. One of them, my very first one, which was Retro Roadmap Delaware, that was a limited um, run and that sold out. Um, but I have, I have four that are kind of regional guides. 
around the um, around the East Coast at this point. Great. And and speaking to those those places, are there ones in particular that you the most recent one that you've done that you want to let people more know more about as well? Sure. Well, my most recent one is uh, I was so excited about this. It was uh, North and Central New Jersey. So I've got two books that cover the entire state of New Jersey, South Jersey and North and Central. Um, and so I was very excited about that because, as I mentioned, with kind of being an organizer and a curator and a completist, I felt the very I felt a lot of satisfaction having completed a state. Because when I started this, I thought I'd have easily one book for each state. This will be very easy. And then as soon as I got into Pennsylvania, where we live, I kind of came to a grinding halt because I was finding so many wonderful things that I thought, gosh, well, if I do one book for the state, it's going to take me three years and it's going to be a thousand pages. So um, I've kind of chunked things down. But but doing my last book, which was, as I said, North and Central New Jersey, uh, I felt like, ooh, I'm checking off a state off the list. So two down and 48 to go. And that's what's largely the energy around a lot of artists. They, they have a, a tricky time because you almost like wins a, a, a piece of work complete. And rather than people having the whole, and I, I'm a big believer of this, I, I talk about a lot on the show, is just if you've got something you want to share, then put it out there because largely it will never be discovered if you kind of hold on to it and keep kind of that, you know, that, that gatekeeper mentality that, okay, I've got to wait till it's ready. And, and effectively, when is it necessarily ready? It's like, you're not alone in thinking that your work isn't necessarily as good as anybody else's. You've got to just go out there and put it out there. And, and largely the development of that, I love you just kind of saying, okay, well now it's ready. I'll just get out there and do it. But you know, the book, the books themselves have really, I think, um, largely gotten your work to a different place for anyone who doesn't. And I talk about this part too, is that just because you're effectively a book person doesn't tell me you shouldn't have an Instagram account and vice versa. And I love that you have kind of both, uh, parallels going on at the same time, kind of doing a little bit of everything, even the events part too, which I think largely um, there's a large group of, of retro uh, vintage Americana folks like yourself meeting up throughout the country. Um, how, I guess, how, how have you been able to share that information too? I think events are so important now, now obviously because of the pandemic, but you know, during the course of all this, you know, kind of knowledge and keeping up with everything, seems like it's a very supportive uh, community, I think, in and itself, it looks like. You know, I try, I think it is. And I also, um, I also, what do I want to say? Like I approach it as such, like I say as all the times, like a rising tide floats all boats. So I love Charles Phoenix. You know, I have been inspired by him. He is such a good soul. He is doing such a great job. Um, you know, there are people that I've met throughout, you know, all the, all the interwebs and all the books that I am so grateful because everybody is contributing their part to raising the awareness of what the places that we think are so important. You know, all the, the sign people on Instagram and Facebook who are doing that deep dive into that type of stuff. Um, you know, I put into it the way I want it to be, which is I say we're all in this together and nobody's the king that we're all doing our parts and we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and we also just, it's a big country. So, you know, uh, you know, we all have our regional biases and the places that we tend to hang out now most. I mean, especially now, if you think about it with, with the fact that we're so stuck at home, I mean, I'm posting some things of places that I had been, but pri primarily what I'm doing is I'm going and, you know, taking a closer look at the places that are closer to home. Whereas no normally I would have been out on the road all over the place this year. Well, probably like a lot of people thought they were going to be. 
Yeah, and how has that impact? I mean, we don't need to go into that because I think a lot of people can read about it and hear about it every day. But largely, I think those signs, especially that's kind of the first thing you see, and I think you do put a lot of effort into capturing the neon signs. I just want to let people know about that because uh, it's such an amazing thing that you do. You'll you'll take pictures of in, in inside the, the business, but also outside what it's like. And you really get a sense of, of what matters and what perspective is, I think, on the radar of, you know, how do these how do these gorgeous spaces work? What's intriguing about them and why would you, you know, want to look them up? And so I think you do a really good job of that. And I think, you know, I guess the, the feeling of being frozen in time, I think everybody wants to go back and relive those moments too. And largely I think the work that you're doing is is really been successful in getting people to kind of know what what these places are all about. Largely I think that the the, the business side of it really has has grown and, and the work that I've seen has, has largely been because of these people that really love these, these, these elements. Uh, and so um, I can really appreciate that. And I thank you for, for doing all the work that you have with the book. Um, anything new or exciting that you wanna let people know about that's listening right now? Well, you know, you mentioned the fact that uh, many of us, if not all of us, are kind of stuck um, a little bit doing, doing a bit less traveling than we might have been. And one of the fun things I have started to do to entertain myself and hopefully others is I decided uh, very early on, literally four days after we um, were kind of quarantined in our house, that I really felt it was important to connect to the people that I knew through Retro Roadmap, you know, my readers and the people on Facebook. So I started a, a Retro Roadmap Facebook Live. And just to say, hey, you know what, if anybody wants to reach out and feel a human connection, I'm here. And so just today I did my 38th episode uh, of that and it is ending up being the the most fun uh, I have had it is it I, I cover a state every episode so it's almost like I give myself a week to do the research for a book that normally would take me six months to a year um, I do my research I get online for an hour I rattle off some places and talk about it I go off you know, on tangents today, my husband, who's a musician, showed up and played a few songs. <laughs> and, um, we were doing uh, the Texas episode. And um, right now, because the weather's so nice here in Pennsylvania, we've set up the little quote unquote studio out in our garage right next to our vintage camper. Um, so it's just a fun way of kind of taking the the you know what could, I could be wah 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 I'm not on the road and I I'm stuck at home and instead of doing that I flip it and say well how can I make it fun at home not only for me but for other people um, so that has been such a fun thing and I look forward I, I have episodes planned out from now until literally December 31st is I'm going to do California is going to be my last state right on New Year's Eve day um, so I'm only taking two weeks off which is uh, Thanksgiving week, and then big surprise, not on Christmas Eve. Um, but other than that, that's that's how Ro Retro Roadmap is showing up this this year is is online on my fake TV show. <laughs> I love that. I think you know when you look at that too. Largely, I mean, when we people uh, assume that things are not really uh, optimal for going out, then I think the best play you can make is online. And I love the idea of looking at not only what you like to do teaching wise and kind of reaching out beyond just admittedly saying, Hey, look, this is going to be kind of you know, my own video type thing, but favorably. So people are looking for information, ways to entertain themselves. And it's largely educational as well. I'm sure I think there's moments where you probably, you know, Hey, look at this, check this out. So, um, I just largely think that's an awesome answer. I think Facebook and, and doing the or Instagram lives as well as Facebook lives are really, um, 
I think it's all about access and people to me who build the best communities have that about them. They can easily just go out there and, and reach people. And so um, definitely amazing and want to promote that. Um, Mod Betty, Retro Roadmap, this, discovering so many cool places. If you haven't seen it, we'll put links in the show notes. Uh, retro underscore Roadmap on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. and Can't wait to see the new content that comes out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.